who are the players on the Green Bay Packers that we are forgetting about? The players we aren't talking enough about who could impact the 2022 season. Plus, game by game, how do the Packers match up with their opponents in 2022? All of that on today's Memorial Day show. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. I really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Bob. Every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. And I cover the Packers for the leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. All of your betting resources and action at one spot. Bet Online, where the game starts. It is Memorial Day, and I, I want to acknowledge that first and foremost. So, um, thanks to everyone who has served and is serving uh, to protect uh, this country, the freedoms that that we are afforded, and freedom around the world not just in the United States. So um, important thing that that we uh, that we honor and remember uh, that. And so it is in that vein, I suppose, uh, but but very, very differently, very, 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 very differently. I thought it would be a good time to think of the players that we're forgetting instead of remembering who are we forgetting? Who are we leaving out? Who have we not talked enough about, both on this show and isn't getting enough attention locally, nationally, et cetera, et cetera? And I think there are some some really interesting names. Uh, to me, they are more on offense. Just That's just sort of how it worked out as I was going through to try and, and look at some of the players that, that I wanted to include on this list. It, I was going, oh, oh, that's right. This is an interesting one to look at. Oh, this is this is fun. Oh, th- oh, oh, that's right. That per- and and in some cases it's injury, in some cases it is um, the fact that they just didn't get a lot of opportunity last year, and so a player that I want to start with because his coach had some nice things to say about him is Amari Rogers. With all of the discussion about the loss of Devonte Adams and the additions of Sammy Watkins, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and and everything that those guys are going to be able to provide this team. According to his coach, his position coach, Jason Vrabel, uh, Amari Rodgers has come into the offseason looking very different. He is slimmer. He is more explosive. He's crisper. And we talked about this at the end of the season and over the course of the season in, in, in some form or fashion that... He was carrying a little too much weight, and and I didn't even think it was bad weight necessarily. I thought he looked rocked up. He he looked like he had added muscle and weight to handle the NFL grind, to handle what he assumed would be, at least for some teams, a potential position change because of his stature. He is always going to be, you know, he's a, he's a thick boy. He's a, he's a thick king, right? And that that. Uh, was part of the appeal for the Packers. I mean, Brian Goodkins talked about, yeah, he's short for a 6'3", 
for an NFL receiver, but he's not small. It, I think it hurt his explosiveness, his long speed. If you watch him at Clemson, he is much better in and out of breaks than we saw this past season. He was was more explosive over the top than we saw this last season. And I think part of this is just going to be playing with confidence. Uh, he did not look like he had confidence fielding punts, did not look confident making catches. I mentioned last week that that play to uh, with Jordan Love in the, in the Lions game where he causes an interception because the ball bounces off his hands. He's going to just by necessity get more opportunities this season and they can use him in some different kinds of ways. They're going to have to get creative with this offense just because of the personnel is such that it will necessitate it. And so I think that is a player that we should be keeping our eye on because he should come in more prepared to contribute than Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs. Now, is he really going to get run on the outside? Eh, we'll see. If Randall Cobb gets hurt again, is he the guy that they put in there? Is he the guy that spells Cobb when Cobb is not in the game? And who is the punt returner? Is it Amari Rogers? Is he going to get that opportunity? In a somewhat similar light. I was going to just pick Josiah DeGuara. But I want to I want to include the entire tight end group because Big Bob Tunyon is back as well. And it's easy to forget, I think, what his contributions meant for the Packers last year. The offense started to look more like the offense we remember when Tunyon was contributing. We, we know that his 20 season is just what was never going to be sustainable. And so his ability to um, build on that, and he doesn't need to be the 20 guy who's going to catch 10 touchdowns. A lot of that was in the red zone anyway. It's just be the reliable guy. Be the guy who catches everything in his vicinity, which is what he does. He just does not drop passes. If it's anywhere near him, he's going to make the play. He's not a great separator. He's not you know, some crazy route runner out there like Travis Kelsey, where he's just going to out-athlete everybody. But he's fast enough to get open. He works into open space as well. And again, just catch the ball in this offense. Just catch the ball. Josiah DeGuara. I was surprised that they did not bring in another tight end. Maybe it is because they like what they saw from Josiah DeGuara late last season. Now, you know who didn't? Aaron Rodgers, because in the playoff game, uh, DeGuara was open on, on little leak routes and on some, some block and release plays when Rodgers had a chance to get him the ball, even on some little underneath and middle of the field routes where Rodgers never even looked at him. The 49ers were betting, hey, we don't think you're going to throw this guy the ball. And guess what? They didn't. They didn't. Aaron Rodgers didn't. He did not call their bluff. And yet, there were times last season when it felt like he was getting more opportunities, that his connection to Rodgers was growing. And if you look, you know, pro football reference tracks, um, catches and, and drops and all that stuff. He had a 76% catch rate last season. We talk about the drops. I get, I get it. But that's actually a better catch rate than, than Tunyon had last year. And they like... Tyler Davis, we're going to talk about him in a second. 
78% would have been better than Randall Cobb. It was better than Alan Lazard. And so I think we need to remember that like, yeah, a couple high profile drops, not everything. Also, once he got out there and started really playing after the Washington game, down the stretch, he had he made some big plays. He made some contributions to this team. He had that, that beautiful touchdown in, in the Minnesota game on a second reaction play on a beautiful throw from Aaron Rodgers where he has to trust that Tunyon or that that Deguara is going to be where he needs to be. And then he had the catch and run. He had, you know, the the monster play against the the Detroit Lions on the receiver screen that got them right back in the hunt in that game. He showed that run after catch ability. And Brian Goodikins talked about it. They like Tyler Davis. They like what he can be. In fact, he profiles very similarly coming out to Luke Stocker, who was a player that Matt LaFleur had in Tennessee and turned into a productive player in that offense, despite the fact that, you know, he's he's not an all-star by any means. So this is a tight end group that is going to have to contribute. But I think there's more upside in this group than, than you know, I think the, the general public does. Now, do I think they could have added someone in this draft? Yeah. I think they they probably would have been smart to do that, but they clearly see Tyler Davis as that guy, as that extra guy. I'm thinking I'm thinking Lewis Tynion Deguara and then the developmental guy. Well, then to them, clearly they have that guy. So that's I think that's a, a, a useful piece of information on defense. I, I just want to shout this guy out because I I had a tweet on Sunday about it. Adrian Amos, it this is just his plight, I guess. Top three in coverage grade since he got to Green Bay. He's been the better player relative to Eddie Jackson since he left, even though Bears fans insisted that Eddie Jackson was making Adrian Amos better, not the other way around, even though I came on here the very first day when he was signed and said, I watched the tape and saw how many times him playing his role allowed Eddie Jackson to freelance and make plays. I'm still waiting for him to have that impact on Darnell Savage in this defense because it's very similar to the kind of defense that they were in. I would love to see that. But he's just been outstanding. He's just been outstanding. And because he doesn't make six or seven interceptions a a routine and because he doesn't, um, you know, he doesn't really talk about himself a lot. And because he's just, his job is to always be in the right place and teams don't throw in his general direction very often. And because they're playing so much too deep safety, he's not making plays at the line of scrimmage as much. He doesn't get the love. He is such a good player and such a vital cog to this defense that I wanted to make sure that, that he got a little bit of love in this section. Do not forget about Adrian Amos. And do not forget about Preston Smith. Preston Smith was legitimately good, legitimately impactful last season. I know that the sack numbers are not going to jump off the the field to anyone. But he had nine tackles for loss, 17 quarterback hits. And although, you know, he he still had nine sacks. It wasn't like he had nothing. He he converted that his pressures into sacks at a, at a higher rate than Rashawn Gary did. But that's a that's a really high quality season, and he's going to be edge two in this defense, in a defense that is now deeper, that now has more guys than they were playing with last year, 
when you add in um, Anigbari, and I, I would, I think they're still probably in the market for a veteran edge, someone at maybe that's a post June one cut. By the way, those are coming up. We're going to talk about those this week, or maybe is a a training camp cut. That very much the, the way that they acquired Whitney Merciless, although that was during the season. He is much like Amos. And I understand the 2020 season is going to leave the bad taste in a lot of fans' mouth. He gets so, I think it deserves so much credit for coming back in 21, understanding this is, I need to prove it again. He did. He earned his money. Now let's, now let's, now he needs to prove it again in a way. Because in 19, he comes in, he has the great season off the big money deal. I, I don't want to speculate on why his play fell off in 2020. Um, but he admitted and the coaches admitted that he was not in as good a shape in 2020, came back in 2021 in much better shape. And uh, that that was, I think, a big contributing factor to why he was so much better. So let's see it again. He, he is the leader now. He is the elder statesman on this defense. And so come in and continue to do your job. He can he can go down as as a potential like he really does have the potential if he plays a couple more years and and they go out and win a Super Bowl. He has the potential to be a Packers Hall of Famer. I don't think that's hyperbole. Let's say he finishes his career in Green Bay. He can be a Packers Hall of Famer. Think about that. So can Adrian Amos, by the way, if he gets an extension and, and he's playing for one this season, he can be a Packers Hall of Famer. So if for no other reason than that is true these are these are names we have we have to keep in mind when it comes to the packers this season all right we're going to talk about this team as a whole and and the schedule because there was an interesting uh, little little tidbit that i saw out there that i wanted to talk a little bit more about today's episode brought to you by our friends at bet online bet online is your number one spot for all of your betting sports info and needs find the latest odds news and sports developments including this year's basketball playoffs we're getting down to it major league baseball scores plus NFL Futures, there's a ton of fun stuff on the site right now. We are going to talk about some of that stuff coming up in a second. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering info. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast hosted by your boy, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big recaps, and the take of the day from around the network. It caught up on all of your sports available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. So I was looking at futures and I was looking at odds and I was looking at all that good stuff. And again, go to bet online where the game starts, all that. (laughs) And the reason I was is because ESPN, and longtime listeners of the show know that I really like their football power index because what ESPN does with their FPI is they take the Packers or they take every team and they say, okay, based on our projection models and based on all the information that we have and the, and the value adds of these players and these positions and all that stuff, what are each team, what is their value over an average team on a neutral field in with the way we would think about a point spread. And if you look at the teams, the best team in the NFC by FPI is the Green Bay Packers. And they are point, you know, tenths of points behind the Buffalo Bills, who are the number one team in football. 
ESPN's FPI have the Packers as the number two team in the league. And a not insignificant jump between them and the other NFC teams, the Bucks, the Rams, etc. That may seem odd to some people. It may seem weird because of what they lost with Devontae Adams and Zadarius Smith. Don't forget, though, they won 13 games without Zadarius Smith last year. I think the 7-0 thing with Devontae Adams is a little overrated. But one of the big reasons I wanted to bring this up was to circle back to something that we've talked about a couple times, but, but in sort of the opposite kind of way. When the Packers offense did not look as good, 2018, 2019, what I kept saying on this show was, it's not about the receivers and it's not about the scheme, at least not all about those things. The number one driver of offensive efficiency is quarterback play. That's not my hot take. That is borne out by data. If you, if you isolate the variables, the thing, nothing contributes more to offensive efficiency than quarterback play. Just the way the quarterback plays. Who he's throwing to, not as important. What the play call is, not as important. The pass blocking, not as important. It is all about when the quarterback gets the top of his drop, is he seeing the field the right way? Is he finding the right player? And is he making an on-time accurate throw? It is about the quarterback play first and foremost. Now, it's not... You could say primarily, but we're talking about a plurality of impacts because there is no majority impact. But the biggest single driver is that quarterback play. So irrespective of who Aaron Rodgers is throwing the ball to, he's still Aaron Rodgers. That's still the most important thing. And the reason that FPI likes the Packers so much is because they have Aaron Rodgers and no other team does. It's not a surprise when you look at this list. All the top teams, it's Josh Allen, it's Aaron Rodgers, it's Tom Brady, it's Patrick Mahomes, it's Joe Burrow, it's Matthew Stafford. It's the best quarterbacks in the league because we don't know. Everything else is is less sticky. Quarterback play is pretty sticky over time. Year-to-year variance in quarterback play in pure efficiency is pretty small. Quarterbacks tend to be who they are, at least once you get to a certain point. And they are year in and year out, that guy. And so it's easy to project the teams with the quarterbacks that we know, that we know what they are. We know what Aaron Rodgers is. We know what Patrick Mahomes is. We know what Josh Allen is, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. We know they're going to give their team a great chance to win football games. And so for, for all of the misgivings, and I saw you know Packers Wire had a piece about um, uh, the, the, the complete, there was a list of most complete teams and the Packers were not. And it's like, okay, maybe not. And, and they should be, by the way. They, they absolutely should be. But they have Aaron Rodgers. And that's the thing. That, that is a consistent thing that is more important than almost anything else. That quarterback thing. Not just offensive efficiency, but to winning. And there was there was a great a great piece from Pro Football Focus. I think we talked about it last week. Aaron Rodgers, he elevates, he creates more valuable value than almost anyone, irrespective of who the guys are around him. 
that contributes to winning. So when when you look at their schedule, their 17-game schedule, and the only two games on the schedule where they are not currently favored, wherever you look, it's two games in Tampa, in Buffalo. Those are the only two games where they are not favored to win. Only two games on their schedule, they are not favored to win. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to win all of those games. But what it means is, Vegas, the odds makers, bet online, think the Packers should win those games. And yes, there is part of this is to drive revenue and to try and create, um, you know, some some bet hedging, right? They they want to have money on both sides because if they're wrong, they don't want to get whacked on it. That's why you set the line where you do. They they want to be right first and foremost. They want to set the line where they can make the most amount of money is what they want. And they know Greenbit's a public team, and that's part of this too. But they also want to be right. And numbers like FPI say that they're right. That this is going to be a really, really good football team again. One of the most complete in the league, if not the most complete. I think the Bills have the best roster up and down in football. But the Packers are in that next tier for sure with teams like the Rams, the Bucks. The Chiefs, I think the Chiefs are probably even in that next tier, given some of the losses that they've had and some of the the uh, the, the losses they, they created because they did the Devontae Adams thing too with Tyree Kill. They lose Tyron Matthew. There's, there's some attrition there. They're going to need some internal development. They're going to need their draft picks to hit. But so are the Packers in the same kind of way. I bring this all up because I think it's good to remind ourselves so that we don't forget. This is a really good team. And losing Devontae Adams, it it from a fan perspective, it sucks because he is the model of the kind of player you want to root for. He is the superstar who does not act entitled, who does not create distractions, does not make it about him. Until he he is in a position to have the leverage to say, I'd like a different situation, please. I want to do what's best for me. I want to be closer to my family. I want to live in Las Vegas. I want to play with, you know, one of my best friends. All those things we can respect. He is the kind of player you want to root for as a fan. And he's the kind of player I suspect Packer fans will continue to root for in Las Vegas. Luckily, he went to a place where it's much easier to root for him. If he had gone to Tampa Bay or LA or someplace like that, I think there would have been a lot more acrimony. There is not. It seems like Packer fans are just genuinely bummed that he wanted to go somewhere else. Not not begrudging him that, but just saying, we wish you were still here. I think that's that's the perspective of a lot of fans, and I think that would be totally fair. All right, we're going to finish up here in just a second. But before we do, thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen. Go check out Locked On NFL, our national NFL experts. I'm on there from time to time. Keep you dialed in in the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. Follow Locked On NFL every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow a lot more this week. We're going to have some interviews. Um, We are um, on, on the brink of more camps, mandatory camps. Some Aaron Rodgers going to be in the mix. We'll get to hear from Aaron Rodgers. Um, not, not that he has anything that interesting to say this year because 
He signed the deal. He's coming back. We know there's no drama now. And we know what he thinks about Devontae Adams. So, you know, we'll get to hear his thoughts potentially on guys like Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs and some of that stuff too. So um, that, all that's coming this week. Some more interviews. We, we are still doing our rookie orientation series. I was out of town last week, although still producing shows. So we're going to have some more interviews where we dive into these players in a little bit more depth. Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, Romeo Dubs. Chris, we, we did the Christian Watson episode. Zach Tom, Sean Ryan, all that good stuff. That is all coming up in the coming weeks. We have plenty of time between now and training camp to do all of that. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. Subscribe on YouTube. Check us out there. We're having fun on YouTube. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775. Stay Locked on Packers.